0: I think just having a diverse community of people who are not scared to call things what they are is really important. The container runtimes and specifications are all now more or less a shared standard that everyone's agreeing on you know, more software is not bad, but like these things become commodities. And once that becomes boring, we can focus on the interesting
1: problems. You are listening to the Kublist podcast, a show interviewing project maintainers for CNCF sandbox incubating and graduated projects. We'll discuss each project to understand where it came from and discuss the roadmap and plans to continue the project. Hi, I'm Mark Campbell. I publish the Kubelist weekly newsletter dedicated to Kubernetes and the CNCF ecosystem. I'm the founder and CTO at Replicated, where we enable cloud-native software vendors like Puppet, Harness, HashiCorp, Sneak, and many others to operationalize and scale the distribution of their modern on-prem software. Check us out at Replicated.com. The Kubelist podcast is brought to you by Heavybit, a program dedicated to helping startups take their developer products to market. For more information, visit Heavybit.com. Finally, sign up for the Kublist Weekly Newsletter and read previous issues at Kublist.com. Before we start, a quick note. I was lucky to have Benji from Shipyard Build as a co-host on this week's episode. I've known Benji for years and am excited to have him join the conversation. On this episode of the Kublist podcast, Benji and I were joined by Josh Dolitsky. Josh is a maintainer of the Open Container Initiative project, which is in the Linux Foundation. If you aren't familiar with the OCI project, the quick version is that it's all about container image format and delivery. Josh is passionate and has some really cool ideas about the future of artifact delivery. And it's a lot more than just Docker images. After this conversation, I was super excited to dig in and start using and abusing container registries for everything I could think of. Hi again. Today, I'm here with Josh Dolitsky, founder of Blood Orange, to talk about the Open Container Initiative project that's in the Linux Foundation. This is a cool project, and it's about a lot more than the Docker registry protocol. We're going to dig into the OCI spec and talk about the history and the roadmap. Welcome, Josh. Hi, how's it going? Great. Great. So before we get started doing all that, I'd love to hear a little bit about your background and how you got into this ecosystem.
0: Uh, Definitely. Yeah. So I've been working as a software engineer since uh, 2013. Around that time was sort of when Docker was coming out. And at the same time, I was getting into DevOps and Jenkins types of things. So I've been working with containers for a long time, um, but it wasn't until 2017 When I was working on a team at a company called Here Technologies, I was introduced to Kubernetes for the first time. So that was around 2017. And through that, I ended up doing an open source project that became semi-popular in the ecosystem called Chart Museum. And Chart Museum is a repository server for Helm charts. So Helm which is package manager tool for Kubernetes. There's a way to share Helm charts between people, between teams. So yeah, I maintain Chart Museum, which is one of the more popular tools for doing that. And from there, I got in touch with a lot of people in the open source ecosystem, starting with Helm and then moving into OCI, which is sort of tangentially related to CNCF and that world. And now I'm one of the maintainers in OCI. But it's been a fun journey and open source is really an uh, interesting place to be right now.
1: That's cool. I think there's something there that we'll have to dive into around Chart Museum. I can, I can kind of connect a little bit of dots there. I think that we'll, we'll probably cover in a bit. Sure. Great. So let's jump into the OCI project. Um, OCI Open Container Initiative. Can you describe like the charter of the project or what it is that you're trying to do?
0: Sure. So just to be you know totally transparent, my involvement in the project kind of comes at a later stage. I didn't really get involved until sort of early of last year, but it's been around since 2015. You know, it's hard to understand the full history. I involved myself a lot of people who were there at the time but basically Docker was coming up with their standards for containers and CoreOS came on the scene with their own standards and they each kind of both got a ton of traction in what they were doing and so as not to start some sort of container war and the legal battles that come with that they decided to come together and form this this initiative and So the container runtimes and specifications are all now more or less a shared standard that everyone's agreeing on.
1: Right. And so at the time, let's go back there. So Docker was out um, and CoreOS came out. When you talk about CoreOS coming out with a separate standard, was that based around Rocket?
0: Uh, Yes. So um, as far as I understand, Rocket was the tool and AppC was the spec. That's right.
1: Luckily for for the ecosystem, everybody decided to work together and form one standard that we can all create, and that is now the OCI specification.
0: Correct. And it's a little loaded. If you say OCI specification, it's actually, it's like a collection of specifications. So I think the original one is the runtime specification, and that's that's where Rocket and, and Docker come in. But it's since been expanded into image specification, which defines... How is a container laid out and built? And then the one that I'm primarily involved with that ties into all the Helm stuff in a way is the distribution specification, which actually just a few days ago reached a 1.0 release. Oh, Congrats,
1: Congrats. like V1 after quite a bit of work put into it. Yeah, it seems
0: like it shouldn't be a lot, but it it definitely was a lot to get to that point.
1: Hey, I mean, we have to make sure that it it supports all the various use cases that we have, not just one. So.
0: Right, totally.
1: Um, okay, so the OCI project is the runtime, the image, and the distribution spec. And Docker has a project called distribution that's in the CNCF. But that's like their self-hosted right. version of the registry. Does right. that completely implement the OCI spec?
0: Yeah, it's, so basically what happened is the tool came out, and the API that the tool did was turned into a spec. So... Stephen Day, who worked for Docker at the time, I believe, kind of like was the one to put together what it did in writing. The challenge is like the distribution spec over the past year, we've really buckled down and tried to determine what endpoints and status codes and response bodies and those types of really nitty gritty details does the spec define. And it turned out there were certain portions of the distribution project that didn't actually implement its own spec. So, you know, we submitted PRs and got it to that point. I think it it still has yet to release some of the changes, but they're minor, like pagination of tag listing and small things like that. But essentially, you can rely for the most part that the CNCF distribution project is a sort of reference implementation. It's just it's just that the code came before the spec, and there's, there's quite a few new projects which I can talk all about that actually come after the spec, which is really interesting.
2: So you mentioned that you got started on the, on the project about a year, a year and a half ago. What was the impetus of that?
0: Yeah, it's really interesting how I became involved. You know, I use Docker all the time, had used Docker all the time for doing DevOps type stuff. I've never been particularly involved in the building of containers or uh, managing runtimes, anything really like that. The reason I got involved is because really because of my involvement in the Helm project. So I mentioned Chart Museum earlier. There was kind of a lot of demand around the features that the Helm chart repo system should provide. Like things like authentication, like OAuth authorization, like, can this person access this? And, you know, if you have any familiarity with Helm repos, very easy to use, in my opinion. But they don't really provide these more like what you might say is enterprise level features. So it turned into, you know, somebody who's really uh, made a name (laughs) for himself in this space, Steve Lasker, who... Works at Microsoft. His team started experimenting um, actually with Chart Museum. Like I was on calls with him back in 2018. Like they were considering using Chart Museum for their registry and they kind of pivoted and turned into can we just put Helm charts in our container registry? So they started experimenting with this and I kind of saw that they were doing this and was instantly kind of became excited about the idea because, you know, as much as I take some pride in like, you know, the code that I wrote and, you know, the system that I helped maintain, I think like, you know, a healthy sense of considering when's the right time to kind of look to an alternative came. And so really what happened is, I started experimenting with using some of these new technologies of putting Helm charts into registries. And from there, I was kind of introduced to some of the people from OCI, which turned into a project like for making sure that registries conformed to the spec, because it was like, we were going a little too far. Like, can, can we put Helm charts in registries? Sure. But like, there was still not really a full understanding of what the spec was. So it was like, you know, putting the cart before the horse. So really spent a year in making sure that the spec was really solid and that there was testing in place so that a registry could say, I am a distribution spec conforming registry. So that's work I've been doing over the past year, along with my now ex coworker, Peter. And, that was, yeah, just released this week. And now I think we're really turning back to really trying to get Helm a fully working in the registry example. And even now, like it's, it's in Helm, it's, it's experimental. Like you have to kind of set an environment flag that, hey, I explicitly want to use these features. Even with this experimental, like all of Microsoft, Amazon and Google, like already support this type of stuff. So it's pretty promising. So we're now turning to really finalize this in Helm client.
1: When you say that Microsoft, Amazon and Google support it, you're talking about their like hosted registries like ECR and in, in, in Google container registry, right? Yeah, exactly. Cool. So let's go back a little bit then, because that's really cool. And I actually want to spend a little bit of time talking about, you know, exactly what you just described there, which was, you know, Helm charts in a container registry is cool. Like, where's the line? Like, if a registry or this distribution spec says, look, it's essentially, you know, in in, tell me if I'm oversimplifying this, it's a well-defined interface that's an object store that has a manifest in our back on it. What should we not think about putting in there? If I could put a Helm chart in, like, could I take it to the, all the way to the extreme and just start using it for any types of artifacts?
0: That is a great question. And I think it depends on who you ask there's kind of mixed feelings about this because a lot of the people involved in the project, you know, like OCI is open container initiative. So really the runtime is like really the bread and butter there. And the rest of it is to support that. So some, there, you know, there's definitely a handful. I wouldn't even say a handful, like a large portion of people who's like, you know, just do container stuff with this. I would put myself on the Complete other end of the spectrum. And I would argue as someone who built a tool to implement a custom spec, like the helm spec, it's really not worth it. Like we should all kind of come together on, this is how you upload things to a place. And, you know, Stephen Day, who originally wrote the spec in talking to him, it was really designed that it could handle any type of content, you know, The spec is very important for containers because if you're familiar with Docker and the way it does layering, part of it is like, if you lose your internet connection, when you're downloading a two gigabyte image, you can pick up where you left off. And so there's components that are, you know, have to do with the reliability and the efficiency. But at the end of the day, it's like a really good upload download system that has like you said, like RBAC enabled, it's it's not part of the spec, but it's name everything's namespaced. And so I would argue, yes, like put Helm charts, yes, put NPM modules, put whatever the next you know, big cloud native tool that has something to share around. Actually, one of the most interesting things that's going on right now is around WebAssembly modules. So WebAssembly modules are typically a couple megabytes. And back to Microsoft, there's a project they have called Krustlet, which actually replaces containers with WebAssembly in a Kubernetes environment. And, of course, they're using the same APIs that the Kubelet uses to go fetch container images, but instead they've implemented their own code to go fetch a WebAssembly from a registry.
2: That's super interesting. Are there other... Like even more kind of random ideas that you guys are looking forward to trying to implement, like leveraging OCI or or anything else that you could.
0: You're you're asking like artifacts or like a specific artifact.
2: I, I don't I I don't know. I mean, you tell me. It seems like the sky's the limit with this. So what what would be like a dream for you in six months, like in or a year maybe, and be like, oh, this is we're using it for this from a, from the upload download side of things.
0: Yeah. So I would like you know when the next big project comes out. When I say the next big project, like I question myself what I even mean by that. But like when a project comes out and it's popular, I would like to see that project come out and it doesn't reinvent the wheel around distribution. I would like to see uh, project pool, project push. And to me, once we get past how do we share things and how do we distribute things, to me, that's a win because then we can just focus on Like, what is this project really doing? And why did I spend so much time focusing on this Helm repo system instead of focusing on the Helm clients? You know, maybe I wouldn't be here if that didn't happen and whatever. But like, I think, you know, more software is not bad. But like, I think once we can agree on these things and, you know, we mentioned the major clouds registries, like these things become commodities, And once that becomes boring, we can focus on really the interesting problems to solve.
1: Yeah, and I think those interesting problems could be, you know, obviously using NPM to host NPM packages. And, you know, and and I have like, you know, I'm putting my Rust packages in a cargo server. That's great. But if I have a common protocol, then I can start implementing You know compliance and like common tooling that can be applied to any of those registries across different ecosystems. Obviously, it's going to have to know what an NPM package is, but I don't have to like reinvent the plumbing for every protocol out there anymore.
0: Yeah, the the compliance thing is actually an interesting aspect. Like when you're considering like a security or production operations standpoint, it's like you know my infrastructure has all these things going on. Why am I going to add? A chart museum server, or why am I going to add a crates server? You know, and I'm not saying anything bad about the way that you know crates is implemented or anything. It's just like it's just another thing to worry about. It's another thing that can be attacked. It's another thing that can leak your information. It's it's another thing to monitor. It's another thing to wake you up at two in the morning. And when you're only worrying about this registry and my Kubernetes server, it's just much less, you know, and I don't know much about compliance, but it seems like to me some of these cloud services address those concerns, and I would imagine that the registry is definitely one of them because it, it hosts the container images that make up your entire application.
1: Yeah, I mean, anything you can push out of the application into the platform layer is is a win. I mean, that's why, that's why Kubernetes is popular, right? Mm-hmm. You mentioned that the distribution part of the OCI spec hit 1.0 recently, um, what was the, the milestone? What was the, the work that was done that you had to cross to be able to call it a V1?
0: So, you know, back when Peter and I were recruited to help out with this, so you mentioned the Docker distribution or CNC, now CNCF distribution project. At that time, like early 2020, it seems like really neat that I could stand up Docker distribution and I could push Helm charts to it, and I can use Docker to push images to it. But, you know, not everyone's using that code. I should be able to implement my own server in Rust, or, and, and there is a distribution server in Rust called Trow. But basically, I should be able to implement this without relying on this code, just in principle. And so what happened is like the spec itself was like a 3,000-page document. And so what we did is we sat down and we looked through this document and tried to figure out what exactly is this spec saying is and isn't allowed. And that was not really a small task. You know, there's a lot of people who've been around this project who understand it kind of like a tribal knowledge. But coming at it, I didn't really necessarily... like. Like I said, I've been using Docker for a long time, but I didn't really understand the APIs underneath. And so we had to really rip it out and figure out what are all the endpoints, distill it into the smallest possible way to understand it, and then combine with that. So we took the document from like 3,000 lines to like 300 lines. It's something like that. It it was like a 10x reduction, Um, really trying to distill what it is. At the end of the document, you can see there's like now a markdown table of the different, these are the actual API endpoints. So if I'm about to write a client or a server, like this is all I need to worry about. But as part of that effort too, we built a really interesting tool that lives inside the distribution spec GitHub repo. If you go there and go to a directory called conformance, we built something using a Go testing framework called Ginkgo, you know, and I don't want to get too deep into what you know libraries we use and all this type of stuff, but we made a very simple way to point this tool at a registry, run it, and produce an HTML report that says, your registry supports these endpoints, but it doesn't support these endpoints. These are the error messages we got and it shows like all the responses from the registry. We also broke it down into four categories. So certain registries like Docker Hub, they explicitly don't allow you to delete tags because, you know, I don't know, ask them, but you can go through their UI and you can delete tags, but you can't do it through the spec. And so it turned into like certain registries don't wanna support deletion. So we broke it into four different categories which is pool push content discovery and content management and so now you can point this tool at your registry and say i want to test all four of these things or just one of these four things and you may come out and say my registry supports downloading uh, using the spec but it doesn't support uploading we have our own custom way to upload things to the registry or we have our own custom way to delete things or to list things in the registry that would be the content discovery. So yeah, there's this really full-fledged tool. You know, The spec is really what the repo's for, but the, the tool allows you to test and make sure that your server does indeed implement um, the spec. And like I said, there's some new projects that have come out. A few of them I can mention. Trow, which is by a smaller company called Container Solutions. And it's a Rust-based, I think it's like the first Rust-based server and it's meant to like live inside your Kubernetes cluster. Adrian, who's the main developer of that, like, was really working with us to make sure while we were building the conformance tooling that his registry uh, or their registry implemented it. Another really, really interesting project is called Zot, Z-O-T. And that's by the open source division within Cisco. So um, Ram, who's kind of the lead, at least how we understand it, the lead on that project, he too, like he was building this server at the same time we were building the conformance. So it'd be like going back and forth, like, oh, should this endpoint return a 201 or a 202? And they were really building it as it goes. So, and there's a few more, but you know, those two projects really evolved as the spec was being built. And while well, they're probably not as stable as Docker distribution or CNCF distribution it's brand new code, and they definitely have like features that are, you know, a little bit niched out and do their own thing.
1: That's cool. I mean, I think a lot of us like to pick a project and dig into code and and, and start writing. And you know, maybe like the idea of writing a spec isn't the most glamorous sounding. So, like, first, thank you so much for doing that because, you know, we had competing standards and like, you know, getting everybody onto one is, is amazing. And like taking a fast moving ecosystem that developers love and everybody has opinion, you know, around how the Docker registry should work and the direction they want to be able to do and go through the process of actually turning that into like a, a vendor neutral agreed on standard is like that's no small undertaking at all.
0: Yeah, it's weird working in the open. Not weird, you know, you, I think you know what you're getting into.
2: I think it's fair to say that there's not a lack of opinion in the uh, waters that you navigate and uh, bless your heart for doing that is I think what Mark and I are both trying to say. (laughs) Thanks. (laughs)
0: There's a lot of like, Hey, we've already done it this way. So like we should just keep it this way.
2: And so wait, so that brings up a really good point. So just high level, no specifics, but how do you go about, resolving two strong opinions in this space when you have to kind of come to consensus? Is there a trick that you use? Is there a pattern that you've developed or it's just kind of just hard work or what would you say is, is, is your technique there?
0: Wow. I don't know that I even really have a solution. There's been moments where I'm just like, this is not working. And, you know, there's been moments in these meetings where it almost felt like, you know, different vendors were going to go off and go implement their own thing because like, you know, F it, we're going to do what we're going to do. Thankfully, the different vendors really picked a strong, they picked some really strong individuals to represent them in these conversations. And they, you know, work through it and we're able to get to the bottom of it. But I really don't know the answer. Like, It's always nice to have people who don't have too much skin in the game. I would consider myself really one of those people, but I was also sort of leading the effort. So, But there's definitely people who will come on these calls, like uh, Nisha, who works for VMware. Um, I'm not sure that VMware has a registry offering or not, but she was really great to have around because... She would question, you know, someone would come in with a strong opinion from their vendor's registry, and she would just kind of tell it how it is like, this doesn't make sense, or yeah, that's a really good idea. And I think just having a diverse community of people who are not scared to call things what they are is really important. And also for the vendors to be able to give a little, which in the end, it all worked out. But yeah, definitely having outsiders is a big, big, big thing.
1: Cool. I want to make sure we give like, the full OCI project a little bit of uh, time, too. You know, we, We're digging into the distribution, yep. which is actually like super cool. Let's, let's switch over and talk about the runtime side of the spec. That controls how an image pulled from distribution is, like, is executed in the cluster?
0: Yeah, and the reason I, I focus on distribution is I really am probably not the best person to talk to about runtime. But yeah, so runtime spec defines how you take an image, store it in a registry or elsewhere, and how to actually execute that as a, as a process that, that runs your application. Most of o- OCI is, is a host of specs and readme type things, with the exception, a few other exceptions, but with the exception of some code, which is called run C. And Run-C is the open source implementation of the runtime spec.
2: It's interesting when you start, and this might not be in your, um, in your wheelhouse, but it's really interesting where the line between the spec and implementation is. So can you just maybe give us a little color on like what the group does and what's responsible for Run-C and who does that? Are you writing code for Run-C or, or who's doing that? And, and how tight is that? Because I think Run-C is a, a critical piece of, of, of the infrastructure that we all leverage.
0: Yeah. So the people I'm familiar with that work on that project is Alexa and Akihiro, but it, it really is its own world. So even within open containers, like there seems to be conversations that some people are totally invested in and others that are not, or even really taken for granted, like you said, like run powers, everything out there, but it's like, you know, I'm taking it for granted that it just works and all that type of stuff. But the code itself is maintained just like other projects, you know, you would find in cloud native or, or anything like that. It has been interesting. Like they've been really inching towards a 1.0 for a very long time. Like I'm, I'm looking at the project right now, and it is release candidate number ninety three. So, <laughs> I yeah, I'd love I'd love to have you know one of them on a podcast like this and really understand more about that myself because the focus of a lot of these these OCI calls have, has actually been the image spec, which is like the JSON layout of of manifests, and then distribution spec, which I've been talking a lot about.
1: Yeah, great. So yeah, let's move over to that image spec. So you said it's a JSON representation of an image?
0: Yeah. So OCI image spec or the image format specification, it defines like what a container image is as it's represented kind of like on disk. And so what it is, is it's a manifest that says, you know, here's some data about it. And in that manifest, it lists a set of like file system layers. And given that definition, I'm able to unpack this thing and I believe hand it off to RunC so that it can run it.
1: Cool. That totally makes sense. And it also makes sense that the project is, you know, so it's big enough and it has three distinct areas that there's like, you know, deep expertise in in, in each of those. I'm kind of curious, like if you can, share a little bit about how the community and the governance works is it it's one project by the linux foundation Mm -hmm. but does runtime image and distribution have separate tracks for community meetings you know like you're obviously at a 1.0 and they're not all
0: so image spec is 1.0.1 runtime is 1.0.2 there's just one meeting there's been talks recently about especially when it comes to like what are we going to do with helm charts and new things like that's that's definitely like a whole group that is so far removed from runtime because we're not even talking about containers anymore. So there's been a talks recently about, you know, breaking it down into different working groups. But um, as far as the governance goes, each project has its own maintainers and they're totally in control of that project and, and how things get added or changed, and the releases, CI, um, reviewing issues and pull requests. So I'm one of the ones on distribution, but then there's also the TOB or Technical Oversight Board, and that does more higher-level and legal type of work, and those people are kind of you know, decide which projects should be in OCI among those different sub-projects or specs, like how they should be maintained. Like I think things such as like the pull request needs to reviewers, like that I think I believe is managed at a higher level with the TOB. Typically like the people who represent the TOB are from a lot of the stakeholder companies. um, So I'm looking at right now, like Alibaba, Google, AWS, Apple, SUSE, like, you know, kind of these bigger companies who are not to say like a smaller company couldn't hold a chair, but they really represent like people who have a lot at stake with open containers being a
2: successful initiative. So I have a question for you. We're going to change this up a little bit. What is your favorite named project in all the, the ecosystem? Just from like, you know, like, like Crustlit, you mentioned that earlier. I yeah. think that's a hilarious one. Yeah, Give us another one or two names just to look at. There are obviously exciting projects as well, but let's just go with the name side here. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I do love projects that like bring into context kind of the language. And like Rust is really funny to me because it has all of the crab uh crab stuff and like also rust, you know, all of the chemical properties of rust and <laughs> things like that.
2: Yeah, oxidation is is a very big factor in the naming convention, that's for sure. Right, exactly. Exactly. Um no, but hey look, we all know what the hardest part of computer science is naming and cache and validation. So <laughs> so okay, let's take a minute here. Tell us a little bit about Blood Orange, what you're doing And just briefly, how OCI has kind of played a role in that project that you're working on.
0: Yeah, so Blood Orange, really just small consulting. Um, I'm doing, started doing this in early 2019. I had been working at a company called Codefresh, a hosted CI CD platform. And I kind of wanted to just do my own thing. So I just started doing what I knew best, which is kind of DevOps and cloud and delivery slapped a name on it blood orange and i help companies typically smaller to medium-sized companies kind of get their bearings with ci get up to speed on kubernetes um, as i had been involved with kubernetes you know in the two years prior to starting this and then you know i also do some stuff with open source and linux foundation and really just a mix of things you know, some of the open source stuff that I do is kind of just for fun and other other things are a little more official. You know, it's great being able to be involved in open source in this kind of really large ecosystem as a more like individual contributor. I mean, there's pros and cons. I feel like I'm not tied to pick certain tools or pick certain tech because I work here. I can kind of make the call. Right.
2: So you, you have the lay of the land to, to decide what what you want to work on. Okay, so you have had a lot of visibility into various companies. What do you think the craziest use of Kubernetes or distribution is that, that you've seen? What's what's the, No specifics, of course, for privacy purposes, but high level, what's the craziest thing you've seen?
0: So... I did a project with a company, a longer term project with a company, and they gather a lot of information from the Internet, like using crawlers. And so they have a lot of Python code built up that parses web pages and tries to pull out information about them and so forth. And one of the issues they had is like when they were running on just normal EC2s. Where even Kubernetes, like they were using the same IP addresses, public outbound IP addresses, and they were getting blocked by these places that they were trying to scrape web content from. And so at the same time that this problem was coming about, we came up with a solution to use Amazon Fargate because our Amazon Fargate nodes kind of give you fresh IP per each Pod and like before I even say, like, Amazon released support for Fargate to be used as Kubernetes nodes, which is really crazy because basically you have a Kubernetes cluster that is has no nodes. it's just you're paying for the control plane through Amazon. And then we would do a Helm install this web crawler, and it would spawn thousands and thousands of Fargate. Like it was Kubernetes pods, but they were on top of individual Fargate instances that had their own IP and could go off and do their own thing. That's one thing I can think of that's been a really non-conventional use of, of Kubernetes that I've that I've been involved in. That's
1: cool. Hopefully, their AWS bill wasn't a surprise after after all of that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. So that's someone else's problem.
1: Yeah, exactly. I'm also happy. You know, you didn't mention. You know, when we first started talking a while ago, we were talking about the OCI distribution spec, and I was like, "So, Josh, I have this crazy idea. Like, I, I have, I have some pods running in a cluster that has a not very volatile database, but it's like, can I just like start pushing my SQLite database to the registry?" And I was like, yeah, kind of like shying away after asking that, not sure if you'd like just laugh at at the idea, but you're like, it, it would work.
0: Yeah, I. So unfortunately, the appetite for this sort of like use and or abuse of distribution, it doesn't necessarily transmit into the consulting, like as much as I had hoped. Like I I always like to kind of combine the things I'm working on in open source and the consulting. I did have one project I was able to get them on Helm charts in the registry, but I think they actually rolled backwards because it was still experimental. And so I would love to see more, stuff doing interesting things with registries like the problem with a lot of the cloud native stuff is because i'm like i don't want to say cutting edge i never want to refer to things i do as cutting edge but like these are definitely newish things that are like still being vetted and as much as i would hope everyone would jump on and be like really excited about it like there's definitely like kind of like that adoption curve, you know, like, we're waiting probably a few years before people are like,
1: oh, yeah, I could just put this in ECR, like, for sure. Like, as these registries all start to support the protocol, though, it would work, right? And, you know, I think as developers and as engineers, we might say, oh, I don't want to, like, abuse that. I think you used the word abuse a a few Mm -hmm. minutes ago. Right. um, Or like, hey, that's a hack built on top of it. But I think hearing from you, you know, maintainer of the spec that, like, you know, hey, you're you're welcoming it. You're looking for those use cases. Like It's not a hack. Like This is the the future. This is the direction that we want to take the project. That that carries a lot of weight.
0: Yeah, I strongly believe in it. I really do. It's hard to get registries to support and promote it before the tools support it, like the client side supports it, and also vice versa, like convincing a, a tool to do the registry stuff when the registries don't support it. So it's like this back and forth and we have to kind of build the momentum around it, which reminds me of something I am working on that is super related. So um, and Mark, like when we first talk about doing this, like the AORUS the project. So like the AORUS project is basically like a code library, like a Go-based library that lets you build this sort of push-pull into your tool. And we're actually currently working on like a Rust version of that same library. And so I hope that through tooling and libraries that help you get there, you know, I want to do maybe like 75% of the work for you. And then you just kind of plug this in and all of a sudden your thing's in a registry. So that's another really interesting project that's going on. It's, I believe in process of attempting a CNCF sandbox
1: submission. Awesome. That's great. We'll link to the Aura's repo in the project in the the show notes here, but that's super cool. I think the idea of registries that conform to this spec are ubiquitous, right? Like it doesn't really matter where I'm running my infrastructure. I can click a button and either self-host or get a hosted managed registry becomes ubiquitous. These libraries drop in and... I don't have to think about storage for any kind of artifact anymore. Like I don't have to worry about about that. I now have this like cloud, this vendor agnostic, I guess, storage layer that I can carry with me and run in one cloud provider, another cloud provider, on-prem, wherever that is.
0: Totally. And one less service to have to worry about. Yeah. I felt the excitement around this since the Helm experiments, you know, I think this is like all the way back in end of 2018. And now we're here three years later and it's like, people are like, I don't know, is that something we should do? And I don't know the best answer to how to, you know, take this a step further, but I'm, I'm pretty confident like Helm's a pretty well-used project. I, I think once Helm releases supports, there's a lot of supporting projects in the ecosystem that use Helm as a component like Harbor, which is like CNCF registry. They already support this experiment. I believe Weave, the, the CI tool, already supports this experiment. I think the desire is there. And I, I hope that other projects besides Helm sort of see the potential in this. And, you know, people can kind of work together. Just like when OCI started, we can work together on containers. We can work together on, on distribution, too.
2: One quick question. If I wanted to uh, contribute to OCI um, or any of the various things we we just went through, what what would be the way to to get involved?
0: So there is a call that's been pretty regular um, every Wednesday at 5 p.m. Eastern. So that's the absolute best way. There's an open containers Slack which is also bridged in Matrix and IRC, simply opening an issue on one of the issue queues. There's a mailing list on Google Groups. We're probably, you know, considering there is some in-person KubeCon this fall, there will definitely be kind of like a, a meeting for OCI stuff there. Or just pinging one of the maintainers and just asking, hey, what is this thing? Like, I've noticed there's, you know, unless someone just can't get around to it, like people love to kind of share their opinions on this stuff. So, you know, don't feel hesitant to reach out to people and just and just talk about stuff.
1: Lots of strong opinions, but you welcome more. (laughs) Yes. Yes. So there is a, a CNCF project called Artifact Hub today. Sure. Is that built around some of the same distribution OCI specs?
0: So Artifact Hub is more of a aggregator of different CNCF shared things, and whether it's a Helm chart or operators, open policy, uh, agent bundles, it, it's not technically tied to distribution, but it does support For example, if a Helm chart is in a registry, it will support that. So if you start hosting Helm charts in a registry, you could get them added into Artifact Hub. um, Last I checked, but Artifact Hub is more about meeting the users and the projects where they're at with their distribution and allowing the community to find that off the shelf thing that they want to use.
1: Great, that makes sense. And I'm just like poking around Blood Orange in, in, in your GitHub repo. Um, and it looks like you have other little projects that might be, I don't know, like anything worth sharing there around like like I'm looking right now at one called bundle.bar. It looks like you know it's kind of a a way to store any random artifact kind of in line with everything we've been talking about. What's the state of that?
0: Yeah, so Bundle.Bar is actually like a hosted service that you can use. And I welcome all sorts of feedback and People to sign up and try it out, but it's a hosted registry that has lifted all restriction on artifact type altogether. So you can publish anything as long as it's under five megabytes into this registry and use it in a, as a place to store things publicly. You know, there's a paid option if you want to do things privately, but it's a very early stage project. I definitely welcome people to try it out and. It's really a early stage experiment around what does it mean for a registry to conform to distribution and what does it mean to store things that aren't containers in a registry? And you know, to kind of put that point through, it's explicitly limiting things to be under five megabytes to kind of push people to think about. What other types of things you might put in a registry, from Helm charts to WebAssembly modules to configurations, YAML files, things like that.
1: Yeah, that's interesting. It's like effectively you could get the same type of behavior by bringing in Docker distribution, but like it's you know maybe more the the nuances around the purpose-built like OCI distribution and registry that you're hosting to do a certain task means like it's just it's easier. It's always there.
0: Totally. Yeah. And the, and the neat thing is, is hopefully in the future, like anything you could get into Bundlebar or the tooling that works with Bundlebar, whether it's AORUS or Docker or, you know, your own custom instrumented code, you know, you could do it to any of these cloud registries. And yeah, I think in the future, Bundlebar may, you know, once we find a more specific niche that we want to fall into, we'll... Probably niche out and do something like that, but right now it's very general purpose. You know, seeking the right use case to kind of uh, expand that into a, hopefully one day a more full blown product.
1: Cool, Josh. I'm super excited about the future of the OCI spec, the distribution side in particular. Right now, that we spend a lot of time talking about, I think there's a lot of interesting opportunities like waiting to be discovered and and, and make this like widely used for everything.
0: Totally. Yeah, thank you so much for having me on. This was this was
2: fun. Thanks, Josh.
1: That's all we have time for today. If you're the maintainer of a CNCF project and would like to be a guest on this show, head over to kublist.com. To learn more about HeavyBit, visit HeavyBit.com to check out the library. It's packed with amazing talks and content on sales, marketing, product, and more for founders of developer tools companies. And This podcast is brought to you by my company, Replicated, where we enable cloud-native software vendors to operationalize and scale the distribution of their modern on-prem software to their largest enterprise customers. Check us out at Replicated.com.